Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. Hi, Holly. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just getting into our our school rhythms and kind of trying to, to figure out that schedule and all that we're doing for the year. Are you in that right. space as well? We are. We're just now gearing up this week, so it's going to be exciting. And I'm super excited about today and the podcast because we have something really special in store for our listeners today. One of the most frequent questions that we get here at Storyformed is regarding books for boys. And we're often asked for recommendations or suggestions or solutions to common problems. And while, Holly, you and I both have boys, they are somewhat younger, and we're just Mm -hmm. now beginning to kind of navigate those waters with them. And so today, we decided to turn to an expert on this topic to help us answer the question, and I am so excited about it. Um, Joining us today on the podcast is Heidi Scoble. I first met Heidi um, in an online book club, and she has been a constant source of wisdom and encouragement to me in this topic and many other topics. She's just a wealth of information um, about books. She's a homeschool mom, and you may be familiar with her from her beautiful blog, Mount Hope Chronicles. So Heidi, welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. We're excited that you are here. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, Well, I live in the Willamette Valley in the beautiful state of Oregon, and I have been married over 20 years to my husband, Russ, and I have three boys. Um, Levi is 15, Luke is 13, and Leif is 11, and then I have a daughter who is six years old, and... um, Basically, we read. <laughs> um, that that's kind of one of the identifying things about our family. Um, but we we homeschool and we enjoy spending time together. We've been um, on a lot of hikes this summer, so we enjoy um, exploring our beautiful state. And um, that's kind of a quick rundown. And I also blog at Mount Hope Chronicles. And I share, I've, for a little over a decade, I've shared our, my parenting journey and just the things that we enjoy filling our life with. Um, Heidi, are- it's, been, it's been fun to um, read your blog and just read about some of the things that you're doing and reading about and your travels. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of the culture of your home right now? And like you mentioned that you guys read a lot, which is wonderful. And we talk about that all the time you're in story form, but how did you initially establish your reading culture? Um, I think it was partly just my excitement for books and my um, desire to collect what I think of as a feast for my kids. I started that early um, before I even had kids. In fact, it started during my childhood. Um, I think it was about second grade, I, my parents both read and my grandparents read, um, but it was about second grade when my mom started collecting books using Honey for a Child's Heart. And Mm -hmm. so I had a, um, we had a little library in the hallway. We turned our linen closet into a library and um, I loved collecting books from 
from a really young age. And so um, I had my own collection. And then when I was married and thinking about kids, I was on a constant lookout for kids' books and um, good lists. And um, so partly it's just my enthusiasm, um, I think, and having books available and easily accessed um, for my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. You, can't, you can't walk two steps in my house without tripping over a book or sitting right. on a book. or um, And I think kids catch that enthusiasm. They think, they think this is something to be excited about or something to enjoy. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I know. Oh, go ahead, Holly. I was just going to say, I love that you were, that that's such a gift that you brought, you know, even before your kids were there, that you were starting to prepare that for them. That's so wonderful. I, I well, love, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, <laughs> um, we've talked about, um, you know, about books for boys and how that's different. But I vividly, one of the only pregnancy dreams that I remember when I was pregnant with my first child um, was a a dream that I found out I was having a boy. And we decided to be surprised. So I didn't know until he was born what we were having. And I remember the first thing that panicked me was wondering what I would have for my son to read because I grew up in an all-girl family. And I was thinking, but... But I, what about the little princess and Anne of Green Gables and all I know are uh, girl books and what am right. I going to have to read? And so in this dream, I was going through, okay, Treasure Island, Tom Sawyer, you know, all, all the boy books that I could think of. And I'm like, okay, it'll be all right. Right. Well, and he has inherited your love for books. That's one of the things that I, I've heard you talk so much about is Levi and, and what a voracious reader that he is. And how difficult it is to keep him in books. I mean, what has that been like with him, especially having knowing that that's your experience is with all these girl books. How, how have you navigated those waters with him? And, and tell a little bit about Levi, because I'm, I'm so inspired by him with my boys. Um, well, I he from a very early age, he loved listening to stories, uh, audio stories. Um, he wiggled and he was moving all the time, but he could play quietly while listening to um, The Secret Garden is one that I remembered because it was a long book and there were accents and uh, but he he probably listened to that six hours straight wow. without just just playing and and doing other things so from a pretty early age he enjoyed his stories the learning to read um, aspect was a little more difficult for him because he had listened to stories and he was so imaginative. It was very difficult for him to go to the very simple mechanical, um, you know, the cat sat on the hat sort of stories. Those those weren't interesting to him and the actual mechanics of reading weren't, wasn't interesting. And Mm -hmm. so it was a a little bit difficult um, during that phase. But as soon as he was able to read real stories, um, his reading just took off. And I think, um, it was probably the year he turned seven um, that I, I realized that I was going to have a hard time keeping him in books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and he's not a sequential kid. And I always thought, oh, I'll have this just really lovely um, reading list that I can write down each of the books as he finishes them. Right. And I'd, I'd go to his bed and he'd have 10 books on there and they'd be all open and, you know, have you finished this book? And he's like, oh, I'm working on it. And if you finish this one, yeah, I think I finished that. And I think you're supposed to come and help me and I can put them on a beautiful list. And I need to check it out. He could not have cared less about the list. Um, but he just loved the stories and, um, 
And so that it was fun and it was magical, but also a little bit of me was sad because I realized that he was, that that was something I didn't necessarily get to be a part of all the Mm -hmm. time. He -hmm. was reading these books and having ideas in his own head and stories in his own head, kind of a life of its own. And that was apart from me. And so that was kind of a strange, um, you know, because when you read aloud together, then you share that. Right. Um, But you don't necessarily talk about every book that they're reading and what they're thinking about it. And um, so, but so he continued to read from um, an early age and he's now 15. And um, it's, it's one of my joys because I enjoy searching out books so much and Mm -hmm. I enjoy researching and and finding books and I enjoy buying books. (laughs) And he justifies that, um, that addiction for me. Right, so, right. <laughs> um, but it's changed a lot because he's 15 and he's reading more, um, more difficult books thematically and content wise. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that's changed a, quite a bit in just the last couple of years that we're having to branch out and I'm having to let go a little bit uh, mm-hmm. because he definitely also has, um, we're actually different in personality and he really enjoys um, fantasy, and mm-hmm. he's been reading some sci-fi, um, but he's very much a big picture, big idea sort of right. kid, and mm-hmm. um, so that's difficult sometimes for me to search out books that are appropriate for him, um, but also not um, not be so strict on what I think an idea of my idea of a good book is that he's going to get things out of um, what sparks his imagination. Along those lines, Heidi, how do you discern what is appropriate for them to read, especially if it's something that you're not familiar with and you haven't read it yet? That's something I encounter quite often because I simply can't read. I don't have the amount of time to read that my boys have to read, and all three of my boys read faster than I do. (laughs) Yes, I know that feeling. (laughs) Um, and uh, particularly my oldest because he's a speed reader and, um, there's, I just can't keep up with that. Um, I have spent a lot of time talking with other people that I trust, Mm -hmm. um, and that I, um, I know that they have similar values. And, um, so that is probably the most important thing. I also have a few different lists. Um, and I'm always searching out for good book lists. And I can often tell by the books that I have read on the list if that's the sort of, um, the, the sort of books that I want my kids reading. Um, and so that's, that's been a big thing. I also spend a lot of time on Amazon reading reviews and um, you know, looking at related books. And so um, I, just, I spend a lot of time researching that. But I appreciate lists from people that I trust. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I'm also, um, I, kn- I have come to terms with the fact that not every book they read is going to be the best book mm-hmm. that they could possibly right. read. And I, I think I'd be a little bit more uh, particular if they didn't read as many books. Um, but my, my goal is for the majority of books that they read to be um, good books, to be excellent mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. And I, I let go of, of the books on, you know, in the margins um, right. from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think I've had to let go more than I expected to. 
Mm-hmm. Heidi, have you found with just your older boys and their different personalities and um, that you, know, you might find in a, on a book list, well, this is appropriate for nine to 12 year olds, but have you had to kind of discern according to where they're at maturity wise and personality kind of when they should read certain things? Um, yeah, that's definitely been an issue. I, um, especially when it comes to classic books or books in the middle school and high school range that I've, I've, um, seen books on lists for mm-hmm. that age and I thought, and they're books that I've read and I think, you know what, I really want to hold off okay. on that book mm-hmm. for a particular child. Um, and so that has come up and also my kids, all three of my boys in particular have very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's times where I think I definitely um, would hand this to a certain child um, and not a different, you know, not another one, part, right. partly because I don't think they'd enjoy it as much. But mm-hmm. Well, also, Heidi, I wanted to ask, um, you know, Jamie and I have talked about how, you know, some boys gravitate particularly to fantasy. Have you experienced this with your boys or maybe some of them? And um, how do you handle that in consideration of, you know, some people thinking that fantasy is, is counter to Christian ideals and beliefs? Um, that's been challenging for me because I grew up in a fairly conservative household. Um, and my, um, particular, my oldest, um, absolutely gravitates towards fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think that's the genre that I'm most careful in. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just, I try to read, um, quite a bit about the different, um, series. And so, um, that is difficult. However, um, I believe that um, fantasy has an ability to communicate um, virtue and um, uh, even what it means to be a human mm-hmm. and some really deep truths that isn't always available in realistic fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you and, go ahead? Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I, I'm enjoying what you're saying. Go ahead. Um, well, I just, in, and especially in the few series that I've read, um, it also is in, inspires my sons to step Mm -hmm. up and, and be, um, um, chivalrous and, um, to, to fight, slay dragons, really. Right. Right. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yes. Do you have some favorites that you could recommend offhand right now for some of our listeners? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think there's, there's kind of different categories of fantasy too, because you have the animal fantasy or the, you know, ju- it's just animals talking or, um, you know, the high fantasy. So th- there's kind of different categories. Of course, my boys have absolutely loved the books by N.D. Wilson, mm-hmm. um, 100 Suburbs and the Outlaws of Time. Um, and and various books by him and uh, Heidi. What would let me ask you real quick? When what would you advise as maybe a general age to consider starting that series? Um, it's it, fantasy is one that it really it's depends hard. on how sensitive a child <laughs> uh-huh, is and right. kind of um, because hundred cupboards I think um, is is a little rough for sensitive kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it, it's really going to depend. My my boys have enjoyed it from, you know, nine or ten mm-hmm. and above. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's that's kind of the the basic baseline sort uh, of age. yeah okay. right um, yeah go on what else but, would you recommend well I was going to say that that one has I think um, some harder themes or some more difficult themes that um, we just really enjoyed his new Outlaws of Time mm-hmm. um, books mm-hmm. and right. I think there's still a lot of good and evil and difficult things in there but it was um, more adventurous and um, you know all my in fact, our whole family, we were fighting over the books as they were coming in. So <laughs> right. um, Lola didn't read them, but I think my husband and myself and all three boys, we read them in, in one weekend or read oh, wow. the first Outlaws of Time in my, one weekend. My husband it around. Well. Heidi, mine too. My boys, we haven't read those with my boys yet because my oldest is only eight. So I think they're, right. he's, they're still a little young, but my husband devoured them and he cannot <laughs> wait for them to get old, old enough to read. But for concerned parents, um, with with Indy Wilson's books in particular, you can just Google and search. He has a lot of interviews and things out there where he talks about the purpose of you know how he actually is writing this fantasy to to be a light in the darkness. And so even though it's kind of heavier and it's um, you know could be a little scarier for the younger kids, he really is intentional about why he's doing that and the ways he's doing that. So um, you know that's really something interesting for parents to check out as it relates to his particular books, I think, um, really insightful right. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's a great idea to search out interviews mm-hmm. by various authors and, right. you know, see what their purpose in writing um, right. is. And, um, and a lot of the modern writers that's available now to us. It is. Right. Um, but I'm even thinking of Andrew Peterson and yes. the wing feather saga, mm-hmm. um, is another one or Jonathan Rogers and the Wilder King trilogy, which my right. boys love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, and, and there's a lot of, um, Christian artists that are, they're truly, um, considering their books as a work of art. Right. Uh, yes. In, instead of a way to get a message across or, mm-hmm. um, but you can tell when you read their books because they just come alive. Right. Well, they're so skilled in the craft of writing, too. I mean, they're not just, like you said, trying to moralize or get a message out there. They're actually really, really excellent writers and wonderful storytellers. And so it's enthralling. It's it's wonderful. I agree. I love yeah. all these recommendations. Yes. What about um, kind of going in the opposite end, because we're talking about raising boys up. A lot of boys, um, especially in the upper elementary, middle grades, they go through this stage where they feel like potty humor is really hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if your boys, I, I just see that a lot working with middle schoolers and things like that. And they, they find these topics to be hilarious and interesting. Did your boys go through that stage? And if so, did you allow them to indulge that in their reading. I mean, there are even books now, I think that cater to that. So how do you, how do you navigate that with your boys? Um, I would say that probably my third son, um, Leif, he enjoys humorous books mm-hmm. very much. Um, he went through a Roald doll stage and read every single one of the Roald doll books 50 mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. a piece. Um, <laughs> and so, um, I'd say that, um, so I've, I've, my my older son didn't gravitate to that as much, but I've definitely witnessed that. Uh-huh. Um, and I think um, what I've tried to do is find really funny, silly books that are of a higher quality. Right. That right. still appeal to that humorous. Um, I'm thinking of the Half Magic series by Edward Eager. Yes. It's silly and fun. Um, and or Hank the Cowdog. Mm-hmm. is 
um, hilarious. So I, I enjoy finding other silly, funny books that appeal to that without lowering the standards. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I'm that's glad excellent. you mentioned the half magic because we had, I'd, I'd seen that on a list and I'd gotten it from the library for my daughter. I have a daughter who kind of tends to the, the humorous and I didn't really know much about it. We ended up not getting it read and sent it back, but now I'm going to get it again. We're going to try it again. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, there, there are some books that are just um, really quite hilarious and some of them mm-hmm. are, um, or more obvious humor, but there's there's a lot of very witty humorous mm-hmm. books available. The Freddy the Pig or Freddy the Detective the, Pig series, right. <laughs> um, and, and um, even Homer Price is yes. just mm-hmm. hilarious. Yes. Uh-huh. We just and finished so, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Owls in the Family oh, is, I love is a that more one. realistic book, yes, but makes boys laugh. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of those sorts of books. Um, I'd say that. Occasionally, my boys would be at the library and they would pick up a book, but sometimes I'd just let them read while they were at the library, but it didn't come home with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Or they, my boys are known for standing at the Costco uh, book table yeah. and just, um, reading for long periods of time and sometimes <laughs> not as particular about what they pick up just to look through there, but again, it doesn't come home with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, um, so I, th- I think that is a, um, that's sometimes a difficult thing to navigate, but there's enough really um, witty, clever, classy books that mm-hmm. have the humor that can still appeal to that in kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Such good advice. Yeah, yes. that's really encouraging. Thinking about, Heidi, thinking about um, younger boys, do you have any suggestions for how to ignite a love of books in younger boys or... I'm thinking about reluctant readers too, maybe boys who have reading skills, but they just aren't as interested in reading yet. Um, one of the things that I found um, for one of my sons in particular is that if I hand him a new book, it's a new thing and he doesn't automatically have a love for that book just because I hand it to him mm-hmm. <laughs> or yes. because it's sitting on the shelf. Right. Um, you know, and then when they finally get around to it, they're like, Oh mom, that was actually a really good book. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, do you not trust me oh, by now? Yes, I've said that so many times. <laughs> and, and my middle, my middle son is at a stage where, um, you know, he can even voice that. He can say, you know, I finally got around to reading that book and mm-hmm. it was really good. And I should have known mm-hmm. that I should have trusted you and I should have known. He said, I do that a lot, don't I? <laughs> you know, say, I don't know if it's going to be a good book and right. then really enjoy it. But I think one of the funnest or one of the possibly easiest ways is to go ahead and read a chapter or two aloud with yeah, a child. That's a great idea. Because they... They want to be with you and they enjoy that, um, you know, that attention from you Mm -hmm. and that together time. Um, And so they're going to start listening to the book because they love you. Right. Um, But then once once you've experienced a chapter or two of a book, just, you know, get to a kind of a juicy place in the book and then just leave it setting around. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they'll pick up the book because they love a character or because they are curious to find out what happens More, next. Yeah. That's um, a great and so idea. that's one of my things. And then also to have, to put some effort into having books that, that will appeal to even a particular child. Um, 
knowing, for instance, my youngest son very much likes humorous books Mm -hmm. and um, uh, silly stories. Uh And so I pick a book knowing that that would appeal to him. My middle son is very much, um, he likes realistic survival Mm -hmm. type books. Uh Uh, And, um, you know, he's the my side of the mountain sort of kid. Okay, yes. A lot of books like that, but that's kind of the epitome of of his style of books that he enjoys. And then I know that my oldest enjoys more fantasy, big picture idea books. So just knowing your kid and maybe what might appeal to them is really helpful too. Yes, I think that's those are really, really great ideas. Um, some of our some we've we've heard from some of our listeners who they struggle with children who might you know want to be geared toward or like video games are very enticing to them or they may prefer to watch TV than read. Um, how have you dealt with kind of reading competing with technology in your home? I get that struggle because uh, my husband um, is a technology guy. And so mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. a lot of screens around our house. That's just right. the way it is here. Um, and I, we do struggle with that sometimes because my kids love being on screens. Mm-hmm. They really enjoy it. And so um, I'm not coming from a place where, where we don't watch any TV or my kids don't do any screens or my kids would rather read than do anything else. Um, but um, I, I think one of, one of the benefits because we're homeschooling partly and just because um, I've tried to make it this way is our schedule is pretty light. Um, we don't pack our days full of a um, ton of activities mm-hmm. and um, uh, appointments. And so I feel like my kids have time for both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one or the other, particularly at our house. And mm-hmm. um, we also take books everywhere we go. And so I've, I've worked to not, we have a DVD player in our truck, but it rarely is on because my kids take books with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when we go places, we, we always have stuff with us. So there's a lot of time, um, like in between time that my boys are reading, my boys read at bedtime. Um, and there's a lot of time during the day where screens are off and they're able to read books. So, um, but, you know, it, screens are always going to be a struggle for mm-hmm. us also, just that, that those can kind of take over your life. But right. I have to set an example, too, because I can I can do that. I can be mm-hmm. on Facebook or, you know, just fiddling around with whatever I'm doing um, and realize that I didn't read at all today, but I spent a lot of time on my computer. And so setting an example and saying we're all going to spend time reading, you know, in our little corners or whatever today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Heidi, you mentioned growing up with sisters and your dream about, you know, keeping your boys in books. Do you make them read the more traditional girl books like Anne of Green Gables and things like that? Have they read those books? Um, I have not had to make them. They're actually really good sports about, mm-hmm. um, I, it, I don't know if it occurs to them that they shouldn't enjoy a book with a girl protagonist. Um, Anne of Green Gables, actually, my oldest son loves it. Um, You know, and we'll we'll watch movies like Pride and Prejudice or other things together. um, Mm -hmm. And they don't they don't know that they're not supposed to enjoy those. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously they are supposed to enjoy them, but, um, right. but I can think of a lot of books that my kids have enjoyed that have a girl protagonist, you, you know, like the rise and fall of Mount Majestic, yes, um, yes. which was just a fun book, but I think they've gotten the idea that those are just stories and mm-hmm. those are other human beings, mm-hmm. um, that are doing adventurous things and, and they have friends who are girls. And so I, um, trying to even like all of a kind of family or mm-hmm. right. uh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. That sort of, um, book they, um, and two or my middle son absolutely loved Jenny and the cat club when he was young. Um, those were some of his first chapter books. Um, and I don't think I know that one. I don't either. I'm just writing it down right now. (laughs) Um, it's Jenny and the cat club by Esther Averill. Okay. And, um, it is about a darling little black cat with a red scarf named Jenny Linsky. Ah, and it's, it's a classic. I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, the easy reader, the fire cat. I have heard of the fire cat, I think. Yes. Okay. It's by the same author and some okay. of the same cats show up in the fire cat. And then the fire cat shows up in Jenny and the cat club. Okay. Um, but it's, it's one of my top picks for early readers or early chapter books for kids. Okay. okay. Wonderful. Great. Absolutely, darling. But it's, a, you know, the main character is a little girl cat. Um, and yet my, um, m- my boys absolutely loved her. And my middle son in particular, we ended up getting the whole series for him because that was his favorite, um, his favorite books when he was just starting out on chapter books. I love that because that's right where we are. So that's such a useful recommendation for me personally. So thank you. Yes, me too. Yes, Thanks, certainly. Heidi. <laughs> okay, we have a tough question for you, possibly, Heidi. I, I always have a hard time with favorite questions. But uh, if you could pick possibly top your top five favorite books for boys, what would what would you say? Oh, that is always a hard question because <laughs> narrowing down, um, but I tend to, uh, you know, just say five books and it might change tomorrow sure. and it might change the day after. Yep, that's um, great. But today, today, if I had to answer that question, let's see. Um, I'm going to go with Dominic by William Steig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he, most people know him for his um, picture books. Yes. But right. he uh-huh. wrote three early chapter books. And Dominic is probably on it, like in just in general, one of my favorite children's books that I've ever read. Wow. Okay. His vocabulary, mm-hmm. um, vocabulary that Steig uses is just fantastic and it's imaginative. But Dominic is about a dog who goes on a quest. So um, mm-hmm. that's my first suggestion. My second one, I always recommend Homer Price mm-hmm. by Robert. Yes. I think it appeals to boys and girls, but especially boys in a way that um, that maybe no other book does. And it's short little stories, so mm-hmm. they're easy. You know, each chapter is a story, so it's easy for kids to read. Um, right. And then I'm going to say I Am David by Anne Holm. Mm-hmm. And that's a more obscure book, but it was one of my childhood favorites. And it's about a boy who escapes from a concentration camp in Eastern Europe. Oh, wow. And it's about him um, 
basically seeing the world and himself for the first time. Wow. And I think it's about 12, maybe about 12. So okay. Okay. moving up the line, starting with the, the youngest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, for number four, I'll go with Watership Down by Richard Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a book that kids could read at a younger age and we think of as a younger book because it's about rabbits. Right. But um, it's, it's really about leadership Mm -hmm. and um, different um, ways, different kinds of societies and government. And um, so I think it's actually fantastic for older boys, even like age 12 and up. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. My husband read that for the first time last year, and it was one of his top five of the year. So I agree with that, that it's for older. I mean, because he's a man, obviously. So he enjoyed right. it even mm-hmm. at that age. Yes. Yeah, well, my daughter. I, um, oh, go, go ahead, Heidi. Well, I was going to say that I didn't read it until an, a, I was an adult, and I read it in an a, adult women's book club. And all of us were like, oh, a, a book about rabbits. And, you know, we were expecting <laughs> something totally different, and it got it received great reviews from everyone in the book club and, mm. and it's one of my top favorites now. Right. And I didn't read That's it until great. I was an adult. Yeah, I have, it's on my list um, of books to read hopefully in the near future, but my daughter just read it about 12 and she, I wondered if it was a bit too early, but she wanted to read it and she really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, it's a fantastic book. And I, I'm just, I like it because there's so many different layers and so many things that you can discuss and mm, think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to go with a very odd one for number five, best books for boys. And I would say The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James mm, Brown. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fiction story. Um, it's a true story about the rowing team mm-hmm. um, Olympics when Hitler was coming to power. But I read it a couple years ago, and I think it was my top favorite of the entire year out of oh, all wow. the books mm-hmm. that I read. And I think that it's, um, you know, it's talk. It, it's kind of a biography, but there's, you know, it follows one um, one main character, but then weaves in a lot of other characters. But there's history in it. But there's something so inspirational and beautiful about that story. Mm. Right. About how old would you think a child could read that one? There is a young readers edition, but okay. it's quite a bit pared down okay. from the original. I mean, you know, some some young readers versions aren't very different. Like I don't know, um, another one that my boys have enjoyed is the boy who harnessed the wind. Um, is it? But that's a pretty hefty young readers edition, and the mm. boys in the boat is is pared down quite a bit from that. Okay. Um, and I would say probably around 14 or 15 okay. is a good okay. age for that, depending mm-hmm. on the boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of, for the original version. of the young readers and stuff, do you, do you encourage your sons to read like abridgments or young, young readers before they are old enough to encounter the, the book itself? Is that something that you do to encourage them to read more? books like that? Or is, is that something that you typically do? I know there's a lot of people in both camps as to whether or not you read abridgments or don't read abridgments and that kind of thing. How do you feel about that? Right. I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, okay. There's a lot of, I have a lot of classic abridgments that I've um, purchased over the years. And there's, there's times when my kids will go through them and be very interested in the story or mm-hmm. kind of 
grow to love a character or the ideas of a story, and then they're, they are more likely to pick up, um, you know, I was talking earlier, the reluctant readers, they get a book right. and it's hard, even for adults, it's hard to start a new story when right. you're not invested at all in the mm-hmm. characters or mm-hmm. the right. stories. But if, if you have something that helps you love that character a little bit, and you're more likely to pick up, I think, right. um, the original story. So I am definitely not um, anti-abridgment. And I do have a few, um, especially the nonfiction, um, mm-hmm. young readers, books, um, like Hidden Figures. Yeah, um, I just and, got that one. <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah and, for my um, girls. And again, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind was a huge hit with my boys. Um, and um, so I, I don't worry about it as much for non fiction, but mm-hmm. I make sure that they're, then they have real stuff available. Also, I read right. aloud a tale of two cities to my kids. Um, and it took us a very long time and I had to stop a lot mm-hmm. to explain things to them. But I also, I don't want to say, Oh, they can't, they can't understand, or they're not old enough to hear the beautiful language that, you know, Dickens or um, whoever wrote. Right. Um, so I don't want to discount that either. I don't want to say, oh, they're not capable of that. Um, I'm just going to get them a cute little kids book version of right. that story. Right. Well, you mentioned reading Watership Down with your book club, and I've heard you talk about it. Can you tell us just a little bit about your chocolate guild that you are participating in? And just because you're such a great model for a love of books, and that you can see how that has translated into your boys' lives, and I'm, I'm sure into your daughter's life as well. Um, that they're emulating your love for books um, on their own. So how, how, what do you do to, to read books with your friends? Well, it started, um, I think it was about, it was actually over 13 years ago. And I had a baby toddler and I was pregnant with boy number two. Um, but it's really easy as an adult to let reading slip through Mm -hmm. your fingers, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you have little people and you're tired and when you get a chance to sit down, you're falling asleep. And, um, and so I realized that I actually wasn't reading very much and I have a beautiful community of people around me who love to read. And some of us were in the same boat. Um, but we decided to start a book club. Um, I think there were about 10 of us when we started. Um, and I said, if, if it helps me read one more book a month or even one book a month, mm-hmm. um, then that's a really valuable thing. And sometimes you forget how much you love a book or love books until you start talking with other people right. about it, mm-hmm. you know? That's and true. we, so we, we've met one, um, one day a month, one evening a month for th- over 13 years now. And um, we're actually a really unstructured club. We don't have a very um, rigorous, you know, how we decide which books we're going to read and then how we discuss them is not, (laughs) we kind of just gather to share how much we love books. Mm -hmm. And most of us read the book. And even if not, the the couple of people who did kind of give a review or say, oh, this is what I really loved about it or read quotes out of the book. But um, we don't even have a really formal way of discussing the books. We're just gathering to share how much we love them. I love that. I love that. Do you, Heidi, do you have any kind of 
guide for types of, do you rotate like nonfiction or fiction or classics or anything like, do you have any kind of a rotation? Um, I, I think we just work to get a variety, but we don't mm-hmm. have an official, this okay. is, you know, biography month, but there, right. there are times where we said, you know what, we all want to read a biography. So how about if we each read a biography on someone and, and we all read different biographies, biographies, and then we come and share who oh, we learned idea. more about, mm-hmm. um, or we'll all read a mystery and, and come share. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, all of us just want a variety of reading mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we have, we've read, you know, C.S. Lewis, we've read, mm-hmm. read nonfiction, um, we've read biographies or mysteries, we've read a lot of classics, mm-hmm. um, because all of us enjoy um, classics, but uh, Boys in the Boat was one of our, um, one of the books that we read for a book club, mm-hmm. um, or Watership Down, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. put kids books in there. Yeah, and in right. fact, just great. two months ago, we read The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic as mm-hmm. our um, women's book club book. So, mm-hmm. so I think we just, work to get a variety in there without having a, um, a prescribed schedule for that. Mm-hmm. And for a time you did a book club with your sons. Is that right? I've done it a, a couple different times in a couple okay. different venues. So yes. Yeah. Okay. And we, that was a little more structured because we were, um, doing some fun literary analysis kind of using deconstructing penguins was my original inspiration for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, when I read that, I, I love, I, I wanted that so badly. I wanted the discussions, but I kind of didn't know how to go about it unless right. I read the exact same books that, they, did, <laughs> that right. they read because I have no, I had no experience with that. I didn't do any of that sort of discussion with books as you know, in my younger years or school or whatever. And so I felt like I didn't have the tools. I didn't, I didn't even know where to start asking questions. And then I read teaching the classics and watched the workshops for that. Mm-hmm. I said, that's, I now have tools. I, I know what to ask. And it doesn't right. even matter what book it mm-hmm. is. I have the right universal questions to right. ask I um, think about those books. Teaching the classics even starts with like children's picture books, right? Of how to talk about those. Is that right? Right. Yes. Yeah. He recommends mm-hmm. doing picture books with right. high school students, right. but even we did it with parents, um, and kids. We did, it wasn't just kids. Most of them were parents included. Okay. And, um, I know that I, I was not the only one who got done discussing a picture book and thought that was so much deeper than I ever expected it to be. And as an adult, I got something out of that, right. um, out of asking questions and it, and it helped helped me to see even how to approach more difficult books. But even, even without that, I thought I learned something from that picture book mm-hmm. um, or I got something, um, something important out right. of that picture book that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And these are picture books that I had read, you know, over and over already to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't know how to look deeply at that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we used, kind of the form from teaching the classics. And um, I did that for quite a while with a group of moms and kids. And then I did another group with um, just kids and then, you know, kind of back and forth. But I've done that several different times and everybody's really enjoyed that, especially the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heidi, what would you say if, if some of our listeners are thinking, oh, this sounds great. I would love to, you know, start a book group with other parents or parents and kids. What would, do you have any advice for the first step or how did you get 
either of these groups going? Um, I kind of reached out to the parents and um, kids in my community, especially my homeschool community, that made it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, who's interested? And my sister and I led the first book club. So it was kind of nice to take some pressure off of, um, you know, not just one of us had to lead it. And the parents were willing to come because they knew that they didn't that they didn't have to lead it or know what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I would say definitely start with picture books mm-hmm. because it's so much easier to, to um, model the right questions and, and get some experience doing picture books, even if the kids are older. That's, I mean, I, that's a huge um, benefit. And then um, I also noticed that if I, if I tried to do all of the thinking ahead of time before the book club, because I didn't want to, um, <laughs> I didn't want to be caught not knowing something, you know, mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd research and I, and I do things, but I found that if I, I spent time thinking about it ahead of time, then I had a certain way that I wanted the conversation to go mm-hmm. because I wanted the kids to figure out what I figured out. Mm-hmm. And those discussions were actually more difficult. And it was easier as long as I had the right questions to ask. I could pick a book five minutes before the <laughs> the meeting mm-hmm. and read it out loud. Especially if it's a picture book, I would read it out loud to the kids, and they loved being read aloud to. Mm-hmm. And then I would just ask the right questions, and I I didn't have to come up with them. They were you know teaching the classics, um, and um, the discussions were fantastic. And the kids would come up with things that I didn't wouldn't have thought of. Right. And I wasn't trying so hard to steer it mm-hmm. one way or another. Right. And I was able to learn as much as the kids from those meetings. So um, I'd say not, you don't have to worry too much about the prep ahead of time and to let the kids really participate and, and lead the, you know, kind of help you lead the discussion wherever it's going to go. Right. I love that. Well, so many wonderful recommendations and resources and advice. Heidi, we are so grateful for your wisdom and everything that you have shared with us today. Um, I know our listeners are going to be so encouraged by all of that you've said. Yes. Thank, thank you for inviting me. I thank enjoyed you, it. Heidi. It was, I've taken down sure. a lot of notes, too, and definitely some books that I've never heard of. So I so appreciate all your recommendations and all your thoughts. Um, and Heidi, where can our listeners find you if they want to um, read more um, things that you've written or just find out what you're doing? Um, they can find me at mounthopechronicles.com. It's mthopechronicles.com. And I share um, kind of just general life things, but I have a lot of book posts on um, on my blog as my kids read or as I um, you know feel like highlighting or reviewing specific books. Um, um, that's where you can find us. It's also one of the most breathtakingly beautiful blogs that I follow with all of your beautiful pictures of waterfalls and things like that from your um, where you live over in Oregon. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's worth checking out just for the the inspiration and the nature and everything that you post. It's I, I love your quote that you um, I, that you put. Who is it? Mary? Is it Mary Oliver? Yes, Mary yes, Oliver. Yes, yes, and. and 
pay attention, be astonished, and tell about it. And you're so good at that on your blog. So it's, it's one of my all-time favorites to follow. So thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we encourage everyone to go check Heidi's blog out. You'll really enjoy and be inspired by all that she's written. Um, so we thank you so much, Heidi, for being with us. Um, before we go, um, we just have a couple little things to announce and promote. Um, many of our listeners are familiar with um, the ministry that we are an arm of, um, Sally and Clay Clarkson's ministry, Whole Heart Ministry. And Sally is about to launch a book called The Life-Giving Table. Many of you have possibly read The Life-Giving Home. So this is an extension of that. Um, so you can pre-order it now on Amazon. The book launches October 3rd. Um, but yeah, you can pre-order it now and it'll be sent right to you um, once it's released. So we encourage you to, to do that. And then also on September 5th, Sally is releasing her Cultivating Life with Sally membership, and StoryFormed has the opportunity to be a part of that. Every month, we will have bonus content as part of membership, so you will hear from Jamie and I, as well as many others from Whole Heart Ministries, and so if you'd like to be part of that membership, you can sign up now at CultivatingLifeWithSally.com. It's $9.99 a month or $99 as a, for the year. And these are the introductory prices that will, will increase at some point. So we hope that you go and check these things out. And as always, um, check out our website, storyform.com, uh, our Storyform Facebook page, and our, we have an Instagram account, Storyformed Home. So thank you all for being with us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.